Welcome to the Big Sky Breakdown. Coulter Nuanas, as always, you can find this podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. This podcast presented to you in part by Town Pump Food Stores, Town Pump, Montana's best since 1953, and in part by Selway Armory. Hopefully today you went and checked out the Selway Armory tent sale. If not, go check out locations in both Missoula and Bozeman, brand new Selway Armory, out Jackrabbit Lake in Bozeman. It's beautiful. It's coming to you about midnight from Eugene, Oregon, Montana. Just finished up a 35-3 loss to the Oregon Ducks. Grizz actually held their own in this game, especially defensively. Oregon came in with an offensive line touted as perhaps the best in the country, and Montana limited the Ducks on the ground pretty darn well. Oregon ripped off a 63-yard gain on their last drive with the backups in. A lot of freshmen were in for the Grizz, and you'll hear Coach Bobby Houck talk about that. Oregon ends up with 247 yards rushing, but you take out that 63-yard play, and the Ducks average less than five yards per carry, which was pretty good. I thought Montana's offensive front looked pretty darn good as well. And the stats a little bit deceiving in this game. Montana was actually able to hold its own to get off the field multiple times. Oregon finished 6 of 13 on thirds downs, which is pretty good, but 1 of 4 on fourth downs. And uh, it wasn't for a couple of missed opportunities by the Grizz. I mean, the Grizz had penalties, at least one 15-yard penalty on four of Oregon's five touchdown drives. The Grizz also missed a field goal just before halftime. Uh, but Oregon, a lot of missed opportunities as well. Not a lot of chunk plays. Before that 63-yard run, Oregon's longest play from scrimmage was a 23-yard run by Travis Dye. So Montana did a good job of mitigating the bleeding, but Oregon in control this whole game. Ducks had 31st downs to Montana's 12. The Ducks rushed for 247 yards. The Grizz managed just eight rushing yards on 21 carries. That's 0.4 yards per carry. So the Oregon defense, pretty darn dominant. And as you'll hear from Coach Houck, he thought they were better than what he thought they were going to be. Montana ended up throwing for 234 yards, so that made the final docket. 560 yards on 81 plays for the Ducks, 242 yards on 64 plays for Montana. Uh, A couple other bright spots for the Grizz. Dante Olson, number one. You'll hear from him a little bit later on in this podcast. First, you'll hear from Bobby Houck, head coach of Montana Grizzlies, after his team's first loss this year. And then you'll hear from Dante Olson, Medford, Oregon product, who had 14 total tackles, including 10 solo stops. He really spearheaded that Grizz defense. Robbie Houck also had a good game. He had nine total tackles. And I thought the front played really well for Montana. I thought Jesse Sims, Milton Mamula, Eli Alford, Braden Deming, uh, Ryder Rice, and Alex Gubner. I thought all those guys played pretty darn well for the Grizzlies playing in Austin Stadium. A crowd of 49,000-plus on hand. Not a full sellout, but a pretty darn good crowd. And that's definitely the coolest stadium I've been to. I've been to... The Pac-12 stadiums that include Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, uh, Utah, Colorado, and that was definitely the best one. I would love to go to a game there when they're playing a rival like Washington or Oregon State. Uh, The best way to describe the Ducks tonight, I thought that sometimes they look sharp and sometimes they look disinterested. Again, stats were deceiving. Justin Herbert finished 30 of 42 for 316 yards and five touchdowns. Darn good stat line. But Montana made him work for it. And no real shots down the field. 21 yards was the longest pass completion of the day. Only three plays of over 20 yards for Oregon. So Montana's defense definitely played pretty darn well. Uh, Johnny Johnson, he caught eight balls for 76 yards, two touchdowns. Jacob Breland caught the first two touchdowns of the game to put the Ducks up 14-0. And Jalen Red, he added a touchdown late. Uh, for Montana, Sammy Kim, six catches for 85 yards. Jerry Lou McGee, six catches for 66 yards. Dalton Sneed finished 20 of 30. 184 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. 
And that Jerry Louis McGee, he had three different catches on Montana's one scoring drive, including a 30-yarder that got him into Ducks territory, then two more catches uh, to set up Brandon Purdy's short field goal. And with that, Jerry Lou McGee's six catches gives him 196 catches in his illustrious career. He is now the all-time leader in the history of the University of Montana in pass receptions. Passes Raul Pacheco, who played for the Grizz from 1995 to 1998. So JLM, the number one pass reception guy in the history of the program. We'll catch up with him next week about that. Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, following Montana's first loss of the season, 35-3 to in Eugene, Oregon, against the number 15-ranked Oregon Ducks of the Pac-12. Coach, we'll just start with your opening thoughts on the game. All right. Uh, you know, disappointed we, we didn't come in here and get the win. They have a, they have a really, uh, really good football team. Um, they, were, they were better on defense than I thought they were going to be. And, you know, they, they have a really – nice team and the quarterbacks just terrific and you know we just we just didn't have enough for them tonight what specifically were they doing better on defense and uh, uh, just kind of across the board frank they were they covered us and they played the run game really well you know we knew the nose was good i thought their other defensive linemen played the run a little better than i thought they would um just they've got good players which they have the effort your defense played with tonight I thought we played hard. You know, we gave up too much. You know, we gave up a 60-yard run there at the end because our freshmen can't do their assignments right. But for the most part, when our uh, non-freshmen were in, um, we were pretty assignment conscious and we were real good in the run game. I thought we covered them fairly well. Um, they had some guys made some plays. They they got the one wheel route in the red zone where we busted coverage. That was too bad. They got assisted by a couple of uh, key, uh, a, late, a key late hit that was close, which I don't have any problem with either side of it, the call or the or the hit. And uh, the pass interference call was, you know, give and take there on the first drive. We kind of had them stop. So um, I don't know. We played okay. How tough was the drive before the half, too, after the missed field goal? Well, yeah, we mi we missed the field goal, and that's that's on me. He, he We needed to get to the 30, uh, really, to kick that. That was the plan after the pregame warm-up, and it was on the 37, and that's bad by me not uh, going for it uh, on fourth down there. And then them, uh, you know, we had him in our grasp for a 12-yard loss um, with 10 seconds left, and, and then we lose our guy in man coverage, and... You know, instead of being 14 nothing half, it's 21 nothing. We're up against it a little bit more. I, you know, I would have felt better about things had we been down uh, down to 14. And then, you know, we didn't. In in retrospect, now we didn't finish drives, so maybe it wouldn't have mattered. But maybe it would have. Things tighten up when it's a little closer. Ever after seeing him live, first of all, your impression with Justin Herbert? Oh, he's a great. He's he's you know he's a great kid. First of all, I mean he's just awesome. Um, He's got to have something good about him. His dad went to Montana for a couple of years. So Mark was at Montana when we were there. My, I think he was a sophomore and I was a freshman. But uh, uh, he's a good player. I'm, I mean, I'm. I had, you guys know I talked about him all week. I had high regard for him before the game. And um, I just think he's a smooth operator. In the ballgame like this, what, what do you take from a game like this going into your conference? What, what can you learn from this? Well, we need to get better. We lost. You know, we came here to win. We didn't do it.
Oregon's got a deep uh, offensive line full of veterans. What was it like preparing for that this week? Well, they're good. I mean, they, they're really good. I think all five of them potentially are NFL players. Um, several of them have high uh, high draft choice grades already. I know that talking to some of the NFL guys. So, um, you know, they're, they're good. Um, I was uh, afraid they would knock us off the ball, and they did not do that. So that we probably made progress with all those young D-linemen we played today. What do you think of Dante Olsen and the way he was sort of in elite defense as always? Uh, you don't have to watch the film, but uh, I thought I thought Dante, like uh, the rest of our kids on defense, played really hard. They were playing so much press on the outside. But Sammy was able to win some more on What do you think his competitiveness be able to win on the outside at least sometimes? Well, you know, I, we won at wide receiver. Um, There's a couple times we won, and we got the one pass knocked down uh, when we were down the red zone, and that was open. It's too bad he, it got batted down to the line of scrimmage. But uh, you know, we we won on we won on the outside. We won at the slot. I'm not consistently enough. I mean, I can't sit here and say we did a great job. We scored three points. Up next, we're from Dante Olson. He's from just down the road, Medford, Oregon's about two, maybe two and a half hours from Eugene. So hometown game for him. He had a bunch of family in attendance. He was taking pictures afterwards and then kind enough to share some thoughts with us as well. Montana hold their, held their own in the trenches, which was a pleasant surprise for the Grizz. thought the front seven looked pretty darn good uh, considering the competition they were going against four and maybe even five offensive linemen for Oregon will someday be in the NFL. So good effort by Montana's front four and their front seven. Here's Dante Olson after a 14-tackle performance in his home state. So, Dante, just your, uh, your initial thoughts on a, on, a, on a really tough game, but a good, well-played game for yourself and the defense. Um, yeah, it was a it was fun fun atmosphere, fun place to play in. We uh, didn't get it done. Um, you know, we played well sometimes, and we we didn't get done what we needed to get done. Obviously, it shows up on the scoreboard. Disappointed about that, but um, it, it was it's a fun atmosphere. It's awesome to play. I know you obviously want to win, but you know, given the everything about this team, I mean, they scored seventy seven last week. Very explosive offense. Are you, are you still pretty happy with? the way you guys performed defensively? You know, they're a good team. They're explosive offense, good defense. Um, but, you know, you can't be happy with the loss. So, obviously, not not happy about that. Happy about some things, but we're going to go learn from film tomorrow and uh, get back after it this next week. Probably the best offensive line in the country. What did you think of the way the front four performed for you guys, your D-line? I thought we did good. Um, you know, we're going to watch the film tomorrow and, and learn from it. So, obviously... Uh, but, I mean, I thought at points we handled ourselves well, but at the end of the day, we didn't didn't get it done. How tough was that QB to bring down? Because there were multiple times a few of you guys had some pressure right there, and he could just kind of elude it, and then, like, the touchdown at the end of the first half, for example. Uh, you know, he's a he's a good player. Um, he, uh, he's, he's obviously one of the best players in that country for a reason. Um, and he, he, uh, he played well tonight, and... We, we didn't get him down when we needed to. So, what was the experience like for you playing close to home? It's cool. It's a uh, it's a good experience. Um, it's awesome to, to be able to play here and from family and friends. But just a little disappointed with the loss. What can you take from this moving forward? Um, you know, you can take from take things from every game. Um, I, I haven't watched a film yet, so I don't really know about that. But you know, we. Uh, we never, never gave in, never gave up, and proud of the guys for that. Um, but 
you know, there's going to be a lot, lot to learn from on the film, and, and looking forward to getting back after next week. You guys did pretty good on third down. I think they were one of four on fourth down, trying to get it to some key stops there. Just what was the difference on those early downs, maybe to try and get the ball back quicker? Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, you know, we, we stressed third down, fourth downs, and uh, got it done sometimes, didn't get it done other times. Um, they got the ball in the perimeter a little bit, and just just got to be be better tacklers and, and, and be able to make plays when we need to make them. So that's all the time we have for today's Big Sky Breakdown, tonight's Big Sky Breakdown. I guess it's tomorrow's Big Sky Breakdown at this point. It's 11.58 Pacific Standard Time. If you're in the mountain time zone, I bet you are. Probably one in the morning. You're probably not going to listen to this thing till tomorrow. But in case you are, in case you're an insomniac, a nocturnal animal, just wanted to get this out there and get you covered. Colter Nuanas signing off. SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports every day, every season. Check back with us. Tons of coverage coming up for you guys with both the Grizz and the Cats coming back home next week for their final non-conference contest before Big Sky play gets ramped up. SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much for listening.